Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. So the message that the Lord put on my heart for this morning as we start 2020, yay, Happy New Year. For those of you who haven't received your Happy New Year's gift, sorry, I didn't bring it. <laughs> uh, for those of you who didn't receive your Happy New Year's hug and kiss, come up and see me later, okay? And so first in best dressed, and uh, <laughs> i got plenty to give, all right? Um, so we know that the enemy is out to destroy. Yeah? What's his job description? Steal, kill, destroy, yeah? But the, the, the Lord's job description is love. He doesn't have a job description. He's got a life character description. He's amazing. God is good. Amen? All the time. And we find ourselves in, in the middle of good and bad all the time, yeah? Because we have this enemy that's trying to get us. We have this God who's amazing, who's trying to help lift us out of the miry clay and put us on solid ground and give us a life and give us a hope and give us, give us purpose and, and give us strategies and to give us, to deliver us. To, you know, the word sozo, which is the word, which is often translated salvation, is a Greek word, sozo. It means saved, healed, and delivered. It's, it's the whole kit and caboodle. God is looking to bring us to a place where we're saved, healed, and delivered, where we're on good ground. We're in a season of breakthrough. God wants to deliver us into a season of breakthrough. He wants us to walk in his favor. He wants us to walk in his light. He wants us to walk in everything that he has for us. He's, he really is a good father. If you're a good father, and that's how he describes himself, if you're a good father in this earth, you want your kids to have the good stuff. You want the best for your kids. If you're a good mum, and all the mums here are amazing mums, right? You want the best for your kids, don't you? You want the very best for them. There's no way you're going to walk around in the middle of the night and set fire to their bedroom just to make them learn a lesson, you know? Teach them for going out late at night, right? Oh, you got drunk. I'm going to set fire to your room. Yeah, sort you out. Yeah, you won't do that again, will you? Hey? So, golly gee, you know, that's, how, that's not our God. Our God is a good, good father, right? Now, of course, we see pictures of God using his um, discretion to bring judgment and throughout history, and we see attributes of God that we go, ooh, you know, like wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of God when he's angry. But, you know, the, the amazing thing about this new covenant, see, the old covenant was, was a different kettle of fish. It was all about, you know, the law, and it was all about, you know, you do the right thing and you get a chance to, you know, get into the place where you need to be so that you can have a good, healthy relationship with God and you're outside of that and God's going to whack you over the bum. Right? Now, of course, the Bible does say, the New Testament does say that God disciplines, but discipline is different to judgment. Judgment will come. But I believe that when Christ came, there was something special that came into the earth. A new covenant was created as a covenant based on love, as a covenant based on grace, as a covenant based on God's will for us to walk in his ways right now. Yeah? That's, that's what I believe. And I also believe that, yeah, there are times when God will discipline us and he'll, he'll take his hand off us for different reasons. And, you know, the moment that the Lord takes his hand off you, the enemy's in like a flash. 
got him. And we think, God's done this. Well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> See, that's, that's where we get it wrong sometimes. We think that God's on it. Well, actually, God's off it. <laughs> and that's why the devil's on it. And that's why it's looking so bad. It's quite possible that God has just eased up because of some stuff that's going on. So there might be some truth to some of these things that are being said. But I believe that. It's not like what they're saying. And I want to back away from that and head into a place where I believe that God wants us to be. And that is in a season of breakthrough. But how do we get there? That's the, that's the key, isn't it? How do we get into a place? See, we can, we can cry breakthrough. We can go, yeah, Jesus, we want breakthrough. We can get on our knees and pray for breakthrough. But how do we partner with God so that we can actually see it fulfilled or manifest in our life? That is the key. That is the big question. How do we partner with God? There's an old saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You've all probably heard that. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You know how many people cry out for breakthrough and yet change nothing about the way that they're living? They cry out to God for a miracle and yet nothing changes in, even in the area where they're crying out for a miracle. You know how many people are crying out for a, a financial breakthrough? They don't put God first in their finances. They won't do it. They won't trust God. You know, people, oh, I need a miracle. Well, look at all the bills in the fridge, God, and look at this and look at that, and I'm about to go bankrupt, I'm about to do this, but they won't put God first in their finances. In other words, they haven't got the faith to trust God to look after them in their time of need. But they cry out for a miracle when the, when the, when the pot's empty. You know, I hear a story in the Bible of a lady whose pot was empty. Now, when Elijah the prophet came along... He asked her for a cake. Oh, but all I've got is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And that's, once we finish that, we're going to die, my son and I. Well, make me a cake. And she's probably thinking to herself, okay, well, the prophet wants me to die right now. <laughs> but she's faithful. She makes him a cake. So she's putting the Lord first, not just the... See, the, their understanding of, of the Lord was different. You know, honour the prophet and get a prophet's reward, you know. This is the man who comes in the name of the Lord. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And so they honour the man of God. And so she honoured the man of God and made with the last little bit of flour, last bit of oil, made a cake and gave it to him. Well, we know the story that he then prophesies and says, now get yourself a jar, fill it up, and it'll stay, it'll stay full. You'll never run out now because you've honoured the man of God. Isn't that an amazing story? But see, there you go, a situation where there's a lady who needed a breakthrough. Like death's door, that's breakthrough time, right? We, our breakthrough needs pale into insignificance in comparison to that one. Unless, of course, we are ourselves at death's door. And some of us have been there, haven't we, Andrew? You know, you're at death's door and you need a breakthrough. What do you do? How do we partner with God to enter into breakthrough? Well, there's three words and I've made them, found three words that start with a P to try and help. 
right? Just makes it easier for some folk, right? So the first, I'll give you the three words now and then you can fill in the gaps if you're taking notes. The first one is position, the second one is proclamation, and the third one is power. So we need to engage in three areas, position, proclamation, and power. First of all, I think we need to position ourselves for breakthrough. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, you need to position yourself so that breakthrough can happen. How many people know that um, Abraham could not become the father of many nations until he first positioned himself where God told him to go, the land of Canaan? Right? God said, go to the land of Canaan, leave the Ur of the Chaldeans and go to the land where I'm calling you to. In the midst of that, God says, I'll make you a father of many nations. That wasn't going to happen if, God, if Abraham didn't obey the call to go where he was supposed to go. Right? Um, Esther, there's no way that she could save all the Jews from being killed. First of all, she had to place herself or position herself in the palace. She had to do that in order to fulfill the breakthrough destiny that was on her life, she had to position herself where God told her to position herself. Peter and the disciples, um, there's no way that they could have caught that heavy load of fish if they first didn't throw the net out on the right side of the boat, just as Jesus told them to do. Imagine if they said, they got out there and they thought, oh, this water on the left looks a bit better, oh, let's do that instead. Jesus said, go fishing again, didn't he? Isn't that what he meant? No, he said, right side of the boat. It was specific, right? Jesus gives us specific. You know how often God gives us specifics? Some of you might not know how often he does that because you might not be regularly tuning into God for specifics. But if you get into tune with God for specifics, he does it a lot. He gives specifics a lot. And he's willing to do that. And he loves doing it. And he loves it when we step into faith and follow his direction and go where he wants us to go. Peter could never have walked on water if he didn't position himself outside the boat. <laughs> I'm walking on water. Pete, you haven't got out of the boat yet. Oh, but I'm still walking on water. What about the woman who struggled with the issue of blood and she needed that miracle? I think it was 12 years or something like that and she'd been struggling. She knew Jesus was in the crowd. She knew he was there. She knew the power to heal was there. But she had to position herself at his feet, at the hem of his garment. Like, all I have to do is... She, she did something. But do you remember what else she did? She said something to herself, didn't she? If only I could just touch the hem of the garment of this Saviour, I will be healed. You see? So she's not only positioning herself, she's making a proclamation at the same time. She's proclaiming something. What is she proclaiming? She's proclaiming a faith declaration over her circumstances. All I've got to do is get to Jesus and my circumstances will change. See, that's a faith declaration. It's a faith proclamation. We'll get to proclamation in just a minute. Positioning ourselves is about obedience, yeah? Obedience to Christ, obedience to the will of the Father. You know, how often are we ever going to be able to do that if we don't spend time with God? 
I've often found seasons where I'm looking for something and I've been so busy with my life, I'm just not doing the basics of Christian life. What is the basics of Christian life? Spend time with God. Position yourself before the throne of God on a regular basis. You know, there's some, there's some fancy footwork in the, in the theology department or the doctrine department when they tell you you don't need to do that anymore because it's all about grace. You just fly along and God's with you wherever you go. Well, I can tell you what, the enemy's with you wherever you go too, right? That's just the truth. He's, he's hounding you like crazy. Everywhere you go, he's following and he's looking and he's watching. God's with you wherever you go, but unless you tune in, you won't know what he's saying and you won't know where he wants you to be. And I want to encourage you today, spend some time alone. I was, I've been in um, Isaiah this week in my quiet times and uh, um, as I got up one morning, I was sitting there and I've been finding that God's been waking me up, okay? So God's waking me up. I don't set my alarm, God wakes me up. And it's always about the same time every morning. And this morning he gave me a little bit of grace. He didn't wake me up until like, I think it was 6.40 or something. But every other day it's been between 5 and 5.30, right? So, but this scripture, um, see if I can find it for you. Um, it's... I think it's Isaiah 40, no, 49, yeah, I think it's 49. I haven't got it in my notes, but it just came to me then that I felt I should share this. See, if I had my my, ha- my handheld Bible with, with my notes, I'd just, whoosh, but I'm using a, I might not be able to find it in this one. Might, that might be a word from the Lord for me to. It's. It's. Are oh, you here? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. No, it might be over in 50. No, anyway, I, I'm not going to find it in a hurry. It's. I've underlined it in my Bible, but. The scripture basically says, you awaken me morning by morning that I may spend time with you, O God. And it just reminded me of the fact that God, when you set yourself the task of spending time with him, he gets involved. And I've been finding that. He wakes me up and... And the, the other thing it says, um, you, you, awaken, you, you open my eyes and I do not turn away. Right? In other words, I don't roll over and go back to sleep and go, no, not now, God. I actually force myself to get out of bed when he wakes me up. Because I'm finding that, and, and this is the strange thing, and, and some of you might find this your biggest challenge. How am I going to do that and then get through a whole day of work or get through a whole day of whatever, you know, because you think, I'm going to be too tired if I wake up at that time in the morning. But I've found that when God wakes you up, you actually get a supernatural strength. It's not, doesn't hit you when your eyes open. Trust me. <laughs> it hits you a bit later on. So it's after you've been obedient to the call to get out of bed and go and spend some time with the Lord that you suddenly get your strength restored. 
right? And that's what I've been finding. So I just want to encourage you. That's, I believe, the place. And if you want to enter into a season of breakthrough, whether it be individually, for yourself, for your family, for your relationships, for your community, whatever situation you might be in, I think the first port of call ought to be position yourself before the Father on a regular basis. I would say daily basis. And don't, don't take these doctrines that say, oh, it's not important. Don't, don't wear those because they're... It's, see, there's, there's an element within the grace movement that says you don't need to obey anything. You just flow and the Holy Spirit forgives everything and you just, whenever anything goes wrong, you just lay it all before the Father and everything's going to be glory and happy. And, but the reality is, is that when you have an attitude like that, you oftentimes find yourself flowing way too much in the wrong directions because you just, you're, you're like a loose cannon. But the Lord wants to bring us back to the grounding, and the grounding is in his word. The grounding is in relationship with him. And if we don't discipline ourselves, that's why we're called disciples. It's about discipline, isn't it? Discipline yourself to spend time with God, and that will mean from time to time breaking out of a habit of rolling over again. Or it might be, and, and I, I just personally find now, Sheikh probably doesn't find the mornings as easy as I do, um, without a doubt. <laughs> um, but I find that's the time that's most productive for me with the Lord. And he knows that. And he knows that I get up and go to work. And once I'm driving a bus, I can be praying in tongues, but I'm not able to read my, the Bible. And I'm, you know, unless I've got the word in here... I'm not able to reflect on it. And a lot of the times I've got to make sure I do right here and left there. And this week I made a few of those mistakes. <laughs> First mistakes of the, the next season. Have to do a U-turn in a big bus twice this week. I'm just being honest. <laughs> All right, so position yourself. That's the first thing. The second thing we need to do is proclaim or proclaim or we need proclamation to be right. Our proclamations or our declarations or our agreements. A proclamation is um, an agreement, a declaration, attitude of the heart. I, I use the word proclamation because it's a P word, right? <laughs> but that, that gives you a bit of an understanding. If you proclaim, now what do we do? We, we're proclaiming over something, over our circumstances. Making a declaration. What are we declaring? We're declaring the word of God. How are you going to be able to declare the word of God if you're not first in the word of God? Well, you might get a book of, you know, 20 declarations that save a thousand souls or something like that. I've never come across that one, but that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Um, but you see, you can, come, you can go and read books that other people have made, but the best place is to go yourself to the word of God and to be in the word of God yourself, you know? And it doesn't matter whether you're an old person, a young person, doesn't matter whether you're male or female, doesn't matter whether you've done a whole lot of Bible reading before or none whatsoever, now's the time, 2020, get back into the Word and find the declarations of the Lord, find the things that we can proclaim over our circumstances. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what have we got? What have we got? But the Word of God, 
What did Jesus have in the desert when the devil came to tempt him? He had what? The word of God. If we don't have the word of God, now the devil might not come up to us and, and sit on the end of our bed and say, hey, I've got a word, I've got a bone to pick with you. He does that sometimes. Never done it with me. Done it with a few people I know. You know, a demon comes in and make, cause a bit of havoc. I've seen one in the middle of the night. I opened my eyes one night and there's one sitting right above my head looking at me. This is a G-rated girl's closer. <laughs> I'm telling you now, the enemy will come at us. All right? What have we got? We've got the name of Jesus. We've got the word of God, the declarations. What happens when we're in a situation where we're looking at a circumstance in our life that's not going so good? Family situation, relationship situation, health situation, financial situation. If we don't know the word of God, we don't know what are, we, what, what are the promises of God. We don't know what we can proclaim over our circumstances. Now, God will give it to us, but how's he going to give it to us if we're not tuning in? So these things go hand in hand. Positioning ourselves with God and proclaiming go hand in hand. What you proclaim over your circumstances will come to pass. If, first of all, you've positioned yourself where God wants you to position yourself and you're obedient to what he tells you. See, it's no good. You can proclaim till the cows come home if you're in the wrong place. If you haven't obeyed the first thing he told you to do. Right? See, this is where I think a lot of people get unstuck with their finances. I was there. I used to have trouble with my finances. So the Lord told me I had to sort it out and get him first. First place. Yeah? If you recall back about 15 months ago when the church's finances were in a struggle, if you remember that time, many of you don't, Nikki and I do quite well. <laughs> um, we, the three of us, I think we had a few times we were looking at it and going, oi, 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 <laughs> we're in trouble here. You know? and, uh, but the Lord told me, I remember, it was um, end of September coming into beginning of October of 2018. And the Lord said, I want you to tithe for 10 weeks for a breakthrough. And at that stage, I can honestly say, and to my shame, I guess, um, but I, I just wasn't making giving a priority because I was struggling financially. Sheik and I were, were having a bit of a tough time. Um, we had a few big bills in our house because we were running a share house in Ermington at the time and things weren't going so good for us financially and the car we'd had a car accident where someone had you know run at the back of us and there's someone had run in the front of us and so we had this whole thing Sheik's car had been written off and all that sort of stuff I, I don't know if some of you who were around back then remember that but but then the Lord says to me I want you to tie for 10 weeks for a breakthrough and I was like oh, okay <laughs> and first thing I had to do was uh, uh, repent so, yeah, I haven't put you first. And, you know, one of the, one of the main ways in the scripture of putting God first in, in, in your finances is, is, a, is a tithe. Melchizedek was tithed to by Abraham when he just wanted to honour God. And it really is, it's, it's, it's not about law, it's about honour. Um, it's just honour when we put God first, whether it's 10% or whether it's 2% or whether it's 5% or whether it's 15% or whatever it might be, it's about putting God first and honouring him 
and having an agreement with God that this is, this is how I'm going to honour you. And when we make an agreement with God that this is how we're going to honour him, we stick with it and we trust him. And this is where faith rises up, you see. But I find that a lot of folk get themselves into trouble financially because God is not first. He's the last place. It's like I've got a couple of cents left over at the end of the week. I'll put that in the offering. Um, and it's not even about the offering. It's actually about God. And, uh, you know, Jesus talked about giving in. He talked about charity and, and giving to the poor and, and honouring in that way. And, and God will direct us in how we're to give and what we're to do and how we're to do it. But I think that the core value of giving is to honour God first with our finances. It's a, it's a faith act. And when we do that, see, what we're doing is, we're pos- first of all, we're positioning ourselves. But you see, then what we need to do is we need to take the word of God. We need to proclaim also over our finances the word of God. See, we're not just, it's not a religious activity. Giving is not a religious activity. It's actually an active fellowship with the Father, with God. God, I love you. And so I will honor you with my time, with my finances, with, with, with what I do. I'll go to church. I'll be a part of it. See, a lot of folk find it's the, you know, 20 things will come up that will cause them to go, oh, I'm not going to church this week and I'm not going to be a part of that fellowship. Well, it's putting God last. It's putting the fellowship that he cherishes, his church, at the bottom of the pile and saying, well, you know, this is much more important than that. And now, unless God says, go do this, go do this, again, position and proclamation. You position yourself where God wants you. Now, if God says, like, for instance, my mum said to me last night, um, I'm, go- I'm not going to church tomorrow morning. I'm going down to the evacuation centre. I feel the Lord's told me to go down there and help out. And Christy's gone down as well. Some of you remember Christy. I said, oh, man, that's so good. You know, I just, uh, my heart warmed because I knew See, she's listening. What does God say? If God told her to go to church and pray, she would have been at church praying, you know, because she's a woman of prayer and she's a woman in God's heart. And so I want to encourage you. Position yourself where God wants you. Proclaim over your circumstances what God wants you to proclaim. And the last point is that we need power to see the breakthrough of the Lord. See, power will dislodge the enemy's work. See? The enemy's here to what? Steal, kill, destroy. He takes captive. Power can dislodge the devil. Power can dislodge sickness. Power can dislodge stubborn addictions. See, we need power. Jesus said, don't, he said to his disciples, don't do anything until you've been clothed with power from on high. Remember that? Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Don't start doing all the disciple things because I'm about to leave you guys. You're going to be all alone. No one's here. I'm not here. Wait until I turn up again, but in my spirit's form. Don't do anything until I've come back as the Holy Spirit and breathed on you and filled you with what? Power, dunamis. That's the Greek word dunamis. See, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been now given to me. And then he releases authority to them. Now go and make disciples of all nations. But 
wait for the dunamis to turn up. Wait for the power to turn up. He's given them authority. He's saying, now wait for the power. Why? Because there are circumstances where the devil just won't budge without power. You've got to exercise power. The kingdom. You know, the disciples were told by Jesus, go into the highways and byways and preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick and cast out devils and raise the dead. Right? Well, there's this one time where they got caught out. They're trying, they found this young boy who's got a problem trying to cast a demon out. Won't come out. No, not leaving. Back off. Jesus comes along, says, Jesus, we, we've tried everything. Get this. We've done everything you told us to do, and this demon won't leave. And Jesus goes up, out now. Gone. And the boy's healed. And they're looking at him and going, what? <laughs> How'd that happen? He goes, well, sometimes they won't come out unless by prayer and fasting. Well, actually, he says, this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. In other words, there's higher rankings of demons with greater power and greater authority, and what is required is a greater level of submission to God that you're walking in greater power than the normal life of a Christian would. How do we step into that? Well, Jesus makes it clear through prayer and fasting. Now, that comes back to position again, doesn't it? You know that um, First Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people will humble themselves and pray. You know what the word humble, really, in every time when you read through Old Testament scripture particularly, every time it says humble, it's saying they humbled themselves before the Lord. What did they do? They fasted. They committed themselves to a season of fasting. Sometimes for a day, sometimes for a week, sometimes for three days. Esther said, humble yourself before the Lord with a fast for three days. Eat no food, drink no water. That's a, that's a fast and a half. Now, of course, you can't go past three days without food or water unless you'll die. That's the, that's the maximum that a human body can cope without food and water. You can cope without food for up to 40 days before your body starts to disintegrate, shut down. But you can't go without water and food for more than three days or you'll die, unless it's a supernatural thing. There's only been, I think Moses went without food or water for 40 days. But it was supernatural. He was supernaturally empowered to do so. But for, for us, for the average person, for us, a lifestyle of prayer and fasting is usually... It's, it's either fasting for a season or it's fasting on a regular basis. And if we're not, Jesus said, when you fast, do it this way. He didn't say if you fast. It actually ought to be a part of our lifestyle. But then, of course, there's medical reasons why people don't and this and that. But even that, I believe that we can get around because, you know, there's a, what Sheck and I are on at the moment is a partial fast. We started in a full fast and we're now into a partial fast where Daniel fast is the common term, where you don't eat meats and wines and you don't eat soft drinks, and eat, drink soft drinks and you don't eat cakes and lollies and all that sort of stuff and you just go with vegetables and, 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 and there's, you know, 
the kind of fast that Daniel did for 21 days while he was praying. Remember that one? Well, that's a way of doing it. Another way of fasting is to maybe commit yourself to missing a meal every now and then. So it might be on a regular basis. Um, A lot of people will say um, they'll either miss the morning or they'll miss the evening meal. Um, If you're in the habit of missing breakfast, then you're not really fasting. If you say, I'm going to miss breakfast, I always miss breakfast, but so that's an easy one for me, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's actually going without something that, see, because fasting is about humbling yourself before the God. It's actually about crucifying the flesh, right? When we crucify the flesh, we're actually humbling ourselves before the Father. It's not so that we can appease him so we get more power. He goes, oh, good boy, I'm going to give you some more power. It's actually that we can get closer to him. It's actually to get closer to God. Because what happens is when we humble ourselves before God, we're drawn into that relationship deeper because what happens is our spirit rises up. See, every one of us who are born again has the spirit of God living on the inside, right? But oftentimes we can't connect with God like we want to because our flesh is so involved, you know? How many people know that? You know, our flesh is just so involved. Our emotions, our will, our body, you know. We don't want to roll out of bed in the morning easy. You know, we don't want to spend long time before the Father. We don't, it's not natural to do that. But it's when it becomes spiritual and supernatural that it becomes easier. Now, of course, if you're fasting for several days... Um, just know that you're going to get through the hard part. <laughs> the f- first three to four days are really hard. Three and four are the worst in my experience when you're not eating, when you're on a water fast. Three and four, day three and four are the hardest. And I can't tell which one's the worst. <laughs> you know. So when, when, when I go on a water fast, I'll cut down from coffee before I start fasting. So I'll stop drinking coffee a week before maybe so that by the time I get to it, I don't have the headaches from coffee because I'm going to go through the sugar withdrawal. <laughs> so if I cut down on my sugar and I cut down my coffee, then it's a little bit easier, but I can tell you now your body is going through panic attack. Where's my food? <laughs> um, but what you do is you're pressing into God when you're doing it, and I want to encourage you that if you're physically able to do um, a fast like that, a, f- a fast without food, Um, it is possible that once you get past those first three or four days to sustain that for quite a while. Um, I know Sheik's did a supernatural fast once. Or when I say supernatural, I think it's supernatural. (laughs) 40 days without food. 40-day water fast. Was it water? Yeah, a 40-day water fast. Um, That's that's pretty hectic. I find now, as a bus driver, once I get past a certain amount of days without food, I have to be careful. Um, and that's why we've sort of gone into a, uh, a Daniel fast now, so we actually got food in the system, because after a week, I was starting to you know, walk around with a light head everywhere I went, and I was like, uh, not a good idea as a bus driver. So, we position ourselves where God wants us. Sometimes positioning yourself is going to require a much more intense intentionality, prayer and fasting. You position yourself for breakthrough. You make your proclamations. 
the word of God. Declare the word of God over your circumstances. Ask God while you're in your season of prayer, while you're waiting on God, whether it be fasting or just your morning devotions, ask the Lord to show you what he wants to show you. Because if he's going to lead you into breakthrough, he'll give you scriptures. You see? You write them down. Take note of them. You get to a circumstance, you repeat those over your circumstances, over your kids, over your life, over your finances, over situations that you find yourself in. Right? We, we oftentimes will we'll turn to natural means to resolve our problems before we turn to spiritual means to resolve our problems. But it should be the other way around. It shouldn't be spiritual is our last resort. Because we could probably pull back from a whole bunch of headache except maybe the fasting headaches, (laughs) but pull back from a whole bunch of natural headaches by going to God first with our circumstances. Someone blows up, something happens at work, you look like you're going to lose your job, you you just had an accident in your car and your car's written off and you don't know what to do, you don't know where you're going to get. Don't go to Wallet Wizard, right? Just don't go there. (laughs) Wallet Wizard. You watch TV, they're crazy. Um, What you want is Jesus. What you want is the Holy Spirit. What you want is God interfering with your circumstances and causing them to rise up. And the last thing, of course, is the power. And I believe that as we step into a season of breakthrough, there's going to be empowerments that are coming on the church in this hour that are greater than anything we've really ever seen before. I really believe that. Um, but I, I, I can tell you now, you can pray for power all you like. I want to be empowered. I want to have the healing gift. I want to have this. I want to have that. But if you haven't positioned yourself for it, you're not going to get a thing. I'm tr- it's the truth. You will not. You can be, if you're, if you're living in sin and, or, or, or you're just not unrepentant or, or you're just not even thinking about God, he's not first place in your life, if you're not positioning yourself on a regular basis, then don't expect major breakthrough in your life. God will sovereignly do things on occasions. It might not even be anything to do with your prayers. It might be your grandma's prayers. It might be your auntie's prayers. It might be your sister's prayers. It might be your pastor's prayers. It might be prayers from the prayer meeting on Monday night where they were praying for you because you said on the prayer chain, please pray for me. But it might not have anything to do with your faith. But when you need to step into the fray and get involved, that's when we, you've got to position yourself for you and your family and your circumstances. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I tell you what, if you make that declaration over your life, you know what, no matter what the rest of the world does, it doesn't matter, they can all go and do what they do. And I'm not going to judge them. I'll judge by what the word says, I won't necessarily declare judgment over them. What I will do, though, is I'll keep myself in short account with God. Because I believe that's what God would have us do. And I'll present myself to God as a living sacrifice. Yeah? Isn't that what the word says? Present yourself as a living sacrifice. What's that? Position yourself with humility before the Father. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I've got to keep reminding myself of that. Yeah? We can't ask God for anything 
unless we're prepared to partner with him to see it come to fruition, yeah? Whether it be health issue, finance issue, thank you, Shaky. Whether it be relational, God wants all of those things to come into kingdom alignment, every single one. He wants our health, he wants our... He wants our finances in kingdom alignment. He wants everything in kingdom alignment, but every part of our life. And, and you know, maybe we do have a problem that we're, we're struggling to break through, you know. People have addictions. Uh, people have strongholds in their life that they struggle to break. I've been there. I've experienced that. I know that the only way to really break strongholds like that, particularly strong, addictive strongholds, is through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is the only way. Or you find someone who's into prayer and fasting and get them to pray for you. But don't expect too much if you're not willing to partner with that even. Um, because you can get all the breakthrough you like and go back to your old habits and be in the same position you were in the last time, yeah? So there you go. Season of breakthrough. I believe we're stepping into a season of breakthrough. However, it's like everything. People have been saying revival for many, many years, haven't they? We're not going to see revival if we don't position ourselves for it. Exactly where God wants us to be, doing what He wants us to do, proclaiming what He wants us to proclaim, empowered like He wants us to be empowered. Yeah? All right. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your grace and your mercy to give us a way out. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your empowerment. Thank you that you have a desire to partner with us. Well, actually, you are calling us to partner with you. What an honor, what a privilege it is, God, to be able to partner with the Almighty, to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and as a result, see our own lives impacted by your kingdom. Lord, I pray that this word will really... Open up doors to breakthrough, not only for those who are listening right now, but those who might be listening later on. I just declare into the spiritual atmosphere over this place that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, for this church, for this community. This is a kingdom community, and uh, we will walk in that in 2020. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.